Hey, what is up, podcast family? Welcome to Mutterings from a Bald Guy. I'm the Bald Guy, Chet. This podcast is a podcast that covers all things current from a Christian family perspective. The goal is to add value and hope to your life. And because of that, would you consider subscribing from whatever platform that you are listening? There's many podcast platforms out there. Well, this is episode 27. We are moving along with the episodes, and I'm so grateful for all who have contributed to uh, any guests that I've had. So thankful for them. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for giving me your feedback. I'm excited to have my brother, Eric Gotro, my brother in Christ, Eric Gotro, and we're going to talk about Ding Dash. Uh, many of you are on Facebook. Many of you are on Twitter. Many of you are on Instagram, and what you've noticed in those social media platforms is that they basically dictate who sees your posts. Well, that's not the case with Ding Dash. Ding Dash is an open source app, open source platform that you have the freedom to speak about whatever you want to speak about and share whatever you want to share. There's some refreshment in that because of these other platforms that basically control what you say and how you say it. So it is refreshing to have Ding Dash. Not only that, Ding Dash, the vision behind it is for people to have a place of discussion. There's um, many people on Ding Dash that are in the fight of the persecuted church in China. So that's encouraging. We get we dig deep into persecution in China and other parts of the world and how we can be a part of that, how we can pray, how we can support. And it was just really a good conversation. Me and Eric go back some ways, and right when we met, um, it, it was an instant brotherly connection where, you know, uh, preachers and pastors, it's a lonely road um, because not many people understand the role of a pastor. And whenever two pastors can come together and really be friends, it's a sweet thing. So this is my brother. I know that you're going to enjoy this conversation, and I pray that it encourages you. And I, and I don't normally ask this, but I want to ask this for this episode. Could you share this? It's going to be on the podcast, and it's going to be on YouTube. So however you want to share it, please share this. Um, let's let people know about Ding Dash. And you can sign up as well, and I'll have that in the uh, show notes below and in the description, the link for the app that you can sign up. It's real easy. It's quick. Um, there's a little learning curve to how you function within the app, but again, it was really quick. There's a learning curve for every app and every social media platform. So I hope that you're encouraged by this. So without further ado, my conversation with my friend, Eric. Good morning, Eric. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Good morning, bro. Happy to be here. Just so the viewers and listeners know, it is 7 o'clock Eastern and 6 o'clock Central. So we're doing an early morning uh, Zoom call, and I'm hoping that this video works out for us so we can get it on YouTube. But Eric, I'm, I'm excited that you're here, man, because there's a lot I want to cover and a lot I want to talk about. Uh, but first, I just want to let everyone know how we know each other. We met in Houma, Louisiana. We did some ministry things together, became good friends, and uh, we've still been keeping in touch. And so uh, I know one thing for me, Watching you, you're are you still pastoring, right? I'm assistant pastor, yeah. Assistant pastor, okay. Um, man, I love the way you preach, brother. Appreciate um, that. I, I was watching some of your live sermons, and then of course, whenever you preach at the Alive campaign, man, the way you tell stories and communicate the truth, I learned from that. So I appreciate your illustrations because I mean that's one of the ways that that's the main way that Jesus taught the kingdom. Yeah, that's right. That's what I learned from Jesus. Him and that's his, right. 
That's right. That's right. Uh, so I want to talk about Ding Dash, and I know a lot of people are probably wondering what that is. Um, and in my opinion, I, I don't see how this won't be the greatest social media app for Christians in the coming months. Um, I'm hoping this thing takes off. I know I personally have an account. Nicole personally has an account. Um, and after this, of course, we'll be sharing it and, and making sure people know about it. But first, tell us a little bit about you, Eric, your family, what you do, your church, um, and really, you know, your newest addition, Abigail. Yeah, yeah we're excited. Our family is, is, is growing. Um, and maybe, maybe not much more than this, but we'll see. You know, we're not making any promises there. But we've been excited. We're so in love with that. Rachel and I, uh, you know, we have a little boy, too. He's three years old. and super smart, super awesome kid. He's getting ready to go into preschool. So, uh, you know, that's a big, it's a big seasonal change for right. us. Let him get out the house, get out the nest. I'm, I'm still struggling with it, but I know you know the feeling. Yeah, that's right. It just, you can't stop time from, from moving on. But yeah, so, you know, beautiful family we have. So blessed by God. Um, and then she and I also... You know, work at the church, if you can call it that right now, with everything right. virus and all that stuff. But, um, you know, just from a young boy, I've always known that I was going to be giving myself to the kingdom of God and what that's going to look like. You know, it looks different from, you know, what other ministers look like sometimes. There's different types of ministry. The Lord is really creative in how he uses his people. And uh, But, you know, for a while we've been you know, a youth pastor for about nine years. Uh, you know, back right before I had my little boy. And then after that, we've kind of just been, the Lord's been using me in other areas outside of, um, you know, being in full time, like like I was a youth pastor ministry when I was just kind of like preparing, you know, all week. And, you know, it was, it was a full time deal, even though I was working, right. I was still like full time ministry. Now it's kind of like, uh, you know, preparing messages and all that stuff, but it's not the full weight of the responsibility. So with that extra time, I've been able to do some other things like Ding Dash and really focus on my family and, um, you know, just some other things the Lord been working in me. And it's been, uh, it's been an interesting season, but I've been loving it, you know. T- tell us about the moment or the time that you knew the Lord was calling you to preach. Wow. Uh so it was at it was at youth camp. I was really um, uh, this was the first time that I really my mom told me someone prophesied over when I was a kid. It was an old pastor that brought the gospel down to this to the city where I'm in in Chauvin, and uh, you know I think they started with some tents and all that stuff, mm-hmm. and prophesied over when I was a young boy that I would preach. But whenever I got to youth camp in I don't know what year it was, but I was a young teenager, uh, there's a young man, you know, prophesied over him three times, you know, kept my mind in me. As every year I went back, you know, and you know what, it's, it's something that I like thought to myself, man, I don't want to be a pastor. You know, I was a young boy. Yeah, God, I want to be used by you, but you know, anything but that. But as you grow in the Lord, your heart starts shifting a little bit. And it's a different kind of heart. And the Lord had to give it to him, but it's a different kind of heart to be um, a pastor, you know, you kind of, it's almost, you're looking after people, you know, you're not right. only preaching the gospel, as you know, and um, you and your wife are incredible pastors, that we have to make a visit up there to the new church. Oh, man, anytime. Yeah, check that out. 
but but you know exactly what I'm saying. You know, you, yeah. your part is not only just preaching and all those things, but you have to care about the others. You, um, it, it, it's really laying your life down completely for right. other people. Sometimes you get walked on, sometimes it doesn't matter. You know, what, what matters is that you're taking care of the Lord's sheep and his people. He's letting you borrow them for a while, and you get to feed them and you get to uh, nurture them and um, and be a blessing to their lives. Just really serve them. Because the higher you go up in ministry, as you know, the higher we go up in ministry, it's really the lower that we go. <laughs> yeah. the, the more responsibility you have in the kingdom of God means that you've been a, you're a better servant. It means that you're able right. to sometimes you know how to stretch them out and just take your lick sometimes, you know. Uh, but the Lord gives you that heart and that mindset as you grow up. You know? uh, it's something that he did in me. You know, it's something that I pushed off for a while. I didn't want to do it. But now I'm really seeing the writing on the walls. You know, I don't know when that, that time is going to happen. Uh, I'm ready whenever. In the meantime, I'm going to stay busy about his kingdom doing other things that he's shown me to do um, and be grateful for every season that we're in, you know. Amen. So, yeah, it would be in youth camp to answer your question. I said a lot of stuff there, but it'd be, it would be in youth camp, yeah. Okay. And how old were you in, in that particular youth camp? I would think uh, 14 or 15. Wow, man. That that was one of the greatest joys for me as a youth pastor was seeing God really just lay his hand and call upon a youth for ministry and just, just seeing their eyes light up. You know, that that's an exciting time. It, is. Uh, it was so it was so important for me because I knew I knew that I had to be a super encourager. Um, because especially at that age, once God calls someone to ministry, Satan's gonna be right there, man. And then with teenagers, you know. you know, with those emotions that they're yeah, all yeah. like this. Right now, they're excited about ministry tomorrow. They're like, <laughs> that's uh, right. Yeah. Um, so, so Ding Dash, what is Ding Dash, and um, how were you involved in the creating the creating process? Yeah. So there is this incredible uh, ministry called Back to Jerusalem. And it was a ministry that I fell in love with. I'm just going to kind of go a little bit way back a little bit. But uh, <clears throat> a ministry I fell in love with because the Lord had dealt with my heart at one moment. And uh, and I, I explained this. I remember, is it okay if I explain this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I want to tell you kind of how I got affiliated with them. And then, because uh, it was a heart thing that happened there. But uh, a few years ago, it's been quite a few years, maybe a decade ago, um, I remember sitting at my computer, I was working, and I saw a news article about some earthquake that happened in Iran. And in my heart, there was this moment of uh, God has, I, I said to myself, God had taken his revenge on them, uh, and, and that, that place where they were suffering because of the earthquake, because of 9-11, and because of what they did to his people. Mm. It's some stupid, silly thought I had, but immediately the Lord showed me in my heart how it was toward the Muslim uh, people that it was uh, that it, it had some unforgiveness there. So man, I remember I just repented in that moment, asked the Lord to forgive me. But then something happened is that He doesn't just want you to, um, you know, He doesn't want you just to forgive them. Sometimes He He changed my heart so much to where I fell in love with that people, you know. And so that and, and somewhere along the line, back to Jerusalem came along, and then I found out that their ministry is to hurry. The return of Jesus Christ, and what I mean by that is, Jesus said He wouldn't come back until the gospel was preached throughout the whole world. So their their mission is to go into these places. They call it the ten forty window, where the gospel is pretty much the least preached, or where there's the most persecution and the most struggle. 
and they take the gospel there, or they help, I should say they help people in those areas uh, preach the gospel there. So back to Jerusalem is an idea, is, is a, uh, a vision of a Chinese church for the actual ministry kind of aids them in doing what they're called to do. And what that vision is, is the Chinese people had a vision they wanted to bring the gospel up the Silk Road, the old Silk Road. Uh, I don't know if, uh, so yeah, that's where they used to do trading and marketing and all that in the old age. So they, the goal is to bring the gospel up the Silk Road. And so what that means is that that's all Muslim nations there. Uh, okay. You got Iran, right. you got a bunch of countries like that. And their heart was to give them the gospel. And they are absolutely in love with these people. And so they, they do all kinds of incredible ministry, missions. and So that lined up with my heart because I had that heart change in me. And I, I wanted to, you know, some kind of way help, some kind of way put my money toward it. So I, I fell in love with that ministry. And then, then I read a book by uh, called The Heavenly Man, which I don't know if you users have ever heard it, heard of it or if you have. But The Heavenly Man was like, a life-changing book. You have to check that out. By um, one of the Chinese pastors, and he writes about his struggles getting thrown in prison and the suffering that he did. And, um, so he's kind of one of the uh, leaders of you know leaders of that movement, if I may. And he would never tell you that he is. He's just so humble, you know. So all of that to say, somewhere along the lines, I got an email. I got invited. My back to Jerusalem. I don't exactly remember how, uh, except that Rachel and I did some mission work with them in 2016. We went to China. We went to help teach some uh, Chinese uh, missionaries English. And then, so after that, I got a message saying, "Hey, we have this hackers conference, and there's going to be software developers, programmers, uh, you know, any IT professional from around the world, and we're going to bring them here in this cabin somewhere, and we're just going to." come up with schemes, plans to get the gospel into some of these difficult, persecuted nations. Uh, and so they invited me as a developer, you know, sent my resume and all that kind of stuff. And then so when I get there, uh, the guy who, who leads it on, uh, he's one of the actual, uh, he's, he's really a legend. He's one of the guys that actually pushes, uh, I don't even know what, what I would say about what he does. He does pretty much everything, you know. Um, for the ministry this side of it in, in America, he just kind of is one who's uh, making awareness of back to the back to back to Jerusalem movement, and then also the suffering of the Chinese and just different things. He makes us aware of all those things through his ministry, and he does a lot of traveling and all. But it was his idea. He calls himself the troublemaker in chief. So, <laughs> you know, I love it. There's no clear thing there, but it's it's incredible what he does. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, so it was his idea to have this social media uh, platform for the persecuted church. And he said, I know this is some crazy idea. Uh, I would like to see this happen one day. And we had such a brilliant team around us. I mean, we had guys from over the last few years, we've been doing it every year. Uh, people from Google show up to this thing. Christians from Google, uh, CIA. Wow. Incredible, incredible moments. Um, so I'm sitting in this room with my dumb self, like, what am I, what am I doing here? You know, with all these, you know, such brilliant people. So in, in a matter of a day or two, I think, uh, we had found out there's this open source program by the name of Mastodon uh, that we could that we could uh, 
bring it over to our server, take care of it, and, and make it. Now, work. when you say open source, you mean it's available? It's up for grabs, basically. It's up for grabs, exactly. That's right. It's a beautiful thing in the programming world that developers have come up with. Um, it's it's pretty much like a community that that'll build a project like that, and then they share it with the world. Okay. And it's, it's decentralized in that with Facebook, there's a top-down kind of deal. Yeah. And whatever the whatever uh, Zuckerberg says, it goes down throughout the company. But with uh, Mastodon and with our instance, it's not owned by one person. You know, it's it's owned by the community. It's owned by the people. So that's the idea there. And that was really right in line with who we are. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. You know, what, what Eugene wanted this um, social media platform to be. Uh, so anyways, uh, that was his idea behind it. And... Within a matter of a couple of hours, we had a uh, an idea up and running, and then we just took it from there over the last couple of years, made it to what it is today, and uh, we're getting you know more and more users all the time. It's really incredible, um, and uh, you know, so the people that would be on Ding Dash is we we're encouraging other believers to get on to not only be a blessing to the persecuted church, but to also uh, be inspired by them. You know, uh, there's some guys, especially on Bing Dash, that are very active, and they post a lot of things about what's going on in the field out there, where they are, what they're seeing in different countries, and it's really quite remarkable because you don't really you don't really see that kind of thing all in one place. That's right. Going Bing yeah. Dash, and as it grows and as it picks up steam, um, it's just you can just get on there and just scroll through and just be inspired by right incredible people around the world. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's how it all started is, uh, through this hackers conference that I got invited to. It was an idea from one of the main guys. Uh, okay. I'll just say his first name since I already said his name is Eugene and uh, just an incredible idea that he had. And we just kind of took it around with, it with a small team. That's amazing, man. Cause it, it's one of those things, you know, right now what we're seeing in China, and I'm sure that I'm sure most of the headlines are true and you can confirm this or or say it's not. But I mean, the Communist Party is is becoming so radical now. You know, they're, they're threatening welfare recipients to not get money. They need to survive yeah. if they don't take down their crosses in their homes. Yeah, exactly. That's scary. And they have this they have this thing I have it on my phone. It's called WeChat. I don't know if you ever heard of WeChat before. I haven't. I think it's the world's first super app. Um, and the way I heard it described, it's like, just for example, if I decided I wanted to go out on a town or whatever, I can use this app to get my taxi uh, to come pick me up at whatever time, or taxi or you know, Uber, whatever it is. And then I can pay my driver through the app. I don't need to pull out my car and pay him through the app. Um, and then when you get to the restaurant, you can look at the menu or you can look at the menu before you get to the restaurant on WeChat. Oh, wow. Hey, uh, after you eat, you can pay them. Get your run. It does. It does absolutely everything. That's just an idea of a, for a, for a night out, how you can use it. And, um, but what they're using this app for in China, and, uh, we just posted about this this morning while I was supposed to share something, uh, a little later on my Facebook, but they're using this to, uh, come up with uh, credit scores, social credit scores. Kind of the same idea we have here, where if you've been paying your bills, you get a, yeah, you yeah. Get a high credit score. Well, over there, they uh, they determine what kind of a person you are and what kind of social credit score you get 
by the way you live your everyday life. So your app follows you everywhere you go. You got it in your pocket. So let's say, for example, if I'm a person who um, buys diapers, which I am. I buy diapers, pull-ups, and all for my little kids, for my, little, my babies. And they see that I purchase that often and I go to Walmart and buy groceries for my family and, you know, all the things that responsible men do when they take care of their family. Right. Then I would have a high score in China as long as they don't know that I'm a Christian. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I would have a high score in China um, because of the fact that I'm responsible. And so when I go to get a job or if I want to go borrow money somewhere, they have what they call the deadbeat app in China. And it's based off of data from WeChat. And if I sit before them and I have, you know, I'm responsible, then they say, okay, we'll give you a job and we'll lend you the money. But if on the other hand, I'm someone who buys video games a lot or I use my money to buy alcohol a lot or, you know, I do dumb stuff with my money. When it comes time for me to get a job, my name pops up on that deadbeat app, don't hire this person. So now it's, it's really, it's great. Now we have that technology here. This is sure. just something that, but it hasn't come to the country, to our country like it has in China yet because they're communists. But it, they've taken it a step further. And what I was going to post about this morning is that they're using the same app to identify Christians. And you can, and, they're, and this is what they're doing right now. You can be sitting in the movie theater, getting ready to watch a movie, and then faces will show up on the screen saying, these are Christians. Maybe they, they might be around you. They might be in the area. These are Christians. These people don't associate with them. Don't get entangled with them. Um, because they're, they're really cracking down in China right now. For wow. More than they ever have before. It's really, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. That's the world we live in now. Man, and you know, you know what's so crazy, though? I don't feel like we're that far away. Yeah. Here in America. You're right. You're right. That's, the, that's the crazy thing. You know what I'm saying, man? I that that blows my mind. You know, in in church Sunday, I, I was talking to my congregation because you know all the stuff that's happening in California with the governor with the mandate, churches can't meet, they can't meet in homes. You know, we talked about that, and we we had a special time of prayer for our brothers and sisters in California, and also our brothers and sisters in China because of what's happening. And you know, I told my church, I was like, guys, this is the deal. You know, we we always talk about what's happening in other countries, but the fact of the matter is is that, we, you know, we're really not that far. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm not trying to sound like a doomsday preacher or anything like that. I'm just I'm just looking at the facts of what I see happening, you know. Yeah. And uh, when you look back in history and you see how China is the way it is today, I mean, you can't help but put two and two together. Sure. But let, let me ask you this, Eric. So, so obviously, I'm going to have the link to Ding Dash app in there for people to sign up and um, have a profile. And just to let people know, um, like, for example, I was encouraged because I saw someone post a video about a huge um, thousands of Christians walking the Brooklyn Bridge singing Waymaker, you know, uh, so it's things like that, too, on the app, you know, um, and I was so uplifted by that because you pull up Twitter, Facebook, and you'll see videos of people with masks, you know, beating up one another, usually. So it's. I think you guys have released this and I think that this is the perfect timing for this app because I think Christians are fed up with social media. Yeah. And yeah. and this is really a way to connect and pray and find out what's going on with our brothers and sisters to be more connected. That's right. Um, and, I think it's brilliant. Yeah. On Facebook, you're kind of given what you should see. Correct. Uh, they, just, they have algorithms that determine 
what you what they think that you should see. And if I'm a believer or something, you know, they they might not show certain posts that I do. That's okay. right. That's Jesus' name and that's too much. Yep. Like I think that we just give you the content that you ask for. You know, whoever you follow, you're gonna see that. Right. We're not. There's nothing in it for us, so we're not going in there and manipulating algorithms and uh, trying to tell you what we want you. It's just really a free, open source, uh, open platform to be whoever you want to be, and uh, you can say whatever you want to say. And so right now, it's it's uh, you know believers and others from persecuted nations, but it's it's open to everyone. We want right. everyone to bring their ideas, whether it's atheism whether it's right islam whatever it is we want it to be a platform where people feel like they can freely speak and then not worry about where their data is going or not worry that we're selling their information to china which i'm on zoom now so maybe i shouldn't say this but that's kind of what zoom was doing in china with believers out there you know they were uh having their sermons they were preaching their sermons on Zoom, and then I guess some kind of way, their location fell into the hands of China. Some kind of way, some kind of way huh? Yeah, they would go raid. <laughs> it's not. It's not only them. It's Facebook. It's, right. Uh, you know, they're selling their information. If they if they want to be in this country, or if you ever want to do work with us, then you have to you know give us up your information. Now, now Facebook isn't in China. I haven't said that, um, but that's the idea. There's just no more freedom to where you can be when you want to be. And last night, um, some doctors met outside of Capitol Hill and talked about COVID. And they basically said what a lot of doctors have been saying this whole time. It's, it's been blown out of proportion. It's a real virus, but there's a cure. You know, they talked about zinc and hydrochloroquine. Yeah. Um, Facebook took down the video within two hours. YouTube took down the video within three hours. I downloaded doctors. it. What's that? These were doctors. Yeah. These were a group of probably 10, 15 doctors on Capitol Hill in front of a, a camera talking about their experience and what they've seen, and it, it, they, were, they were taken down. And so I downloaded it. I rendered it on my computer, and I have the, the WeTransfer link. So I'm going to share that to Facebook and see how long it takes for them to yeah, take yeah. that down. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, so again, these, yeah, these doctors are being fact-checked by some – third-party company who these kids probably work in their parents' basement or something. Who That's right. Who, but who That's are right. they to tell medical doctors or to try to fact-check them? Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And and that's why I think it's so refreshing what you guys are doing. I, I just think the timing is – it couldn't be a better timing. I really I really don't think – and I saw that you guys were over um, 1,000 that have signed up. Do you know the number now? Uh, I can get it for you if you like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. I'm, I'm curious because I notice some, I keep noticing new people on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was last week we had a thousand, right? That was a big milestone for us. That was exciting. Absolutely. But it took really no time. Uh, believe it or not, it took no time. Let's see. Yeah. So we initially launched. So we had a thousand and sixty-seven. So we got about another sixty-something users over the last week. That's pretty. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. Um, it'll spread because things like this are happening. You know, yeah, uh, yeah, people can start talking about it. Right. Yeah, I believe it. I believe it will continue to spread. We Our initial launch was in November. I got to go to uh, India and Vietnam, and we launched there. Uh, it, it was supposed to be a bigger launch than it was, especially in India. But when we went there, there was a pastor in the same city where we were who had gotten arrested by the Indian government for being a believer. 
think that he had talked a little bit too much in the hotel. And then the Indian uh, police, whoever it was, I don't know how they do it there, but they arrested him. So we were going into that city and they were like, um, you know, you have to be careful. And so we had people from another country coming in, which believers from Bhutan to come. Um, now, it wasn't just a, it wasn't just about Ding Dash launch. It was a, a business as mission uh, right. conference that we were having there. Um, and they were supposed to come in. And it was supposed to be a whole lot more people there. But because of that persecution, uh, we had to go in an undisclosed place. And so we lost, you know, some people that were going to be there. We had to go in the backside of I don't know where we were. Uh, to, you know, to a safe place. We right. Because these believers that were coming, there, there had to be a safe place for them. There's so much persecution. The persecution in that area, even in itself, is growing you know, more and more every day. Um, but it was good, though. We still had a we still had a good, decent amount in Vietnam, and uh, India was wasn't too bad as well. Wow. I want to I want to kind of touch home for those listening and watching right now. Um, for the the person that's wondering, you know, what's what's in it for them? You know, we always think about, okay, what's in it for me? So if a person signs up for Ding Dash, what's in it for them? And then what could they do to support um, the persecuted church? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so as we were talking about, if you start on Ding Dash, you know, immediately if you start looking around, trying to follow others, uh, you're going to see just rich content from believers who are actually in the field, especially in places where it's not, you know, it's not easy to be a believer. Um, over here, we worry about people's thoughts. Over there, you worry about yeah. getting rocks and stones and different things thrown at them, you know? Right. So, but you get to see them, they all, whenever they feel free to share, you know, you get to see them actively working out there and you get to hear from them and uh, you can pray for them. So we have one of the cool things about our app is that we have a little prayer hand. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And so the prayer hands, when you click on you want to pray for someone, it not only lets them know that they're praying for you, but it also takes their post and boosts it up to the top of the list and lets other people know, hey, maybe, you know, look, check this out, pray for them as well. And uh, the more you get boosted and all that stuff, the, the more people see the, you know, the post. So that's a pretty cool little feature we have in our app. So you can pray for them. You can uh, boost the content for them and let them know. But uh, as far as what can they get from it? It's just, you get inspired, you know, you really get inspired by seeing these things. And if you want to uh, help the persecuted church, uh, I would point them to uh, backjerusalem.com. They can sign up to be like a, a doorkeeper, um, which is, I, I believe it's 25 bucks a month. And all that money, I mean, every ounce of it goes to the uh, helping of the persecuted church. Um, you know, they're they are really actively doing some incredible things. I'm, I'm not their spokesman, so I don't really want to, um, sure. I don't I don't feel freely that I can just speak about all the things that they do and all that stuff, but uh, you can go check it out at backtojerusalem.com. They really do some incredible, incredible ministries out there. The technology that they're using in the field is, I don't know if there's any other uh, ministries that do the things that they do. They have, <laughs> again, I'm not going to say too much about it, but they have a, because uh, it, it's not my, you know, my story's tale, but it's really exciting. They have the world's first pill Bible. And um, it- Okay, like, so I oh, saw oh, that. Okay. I saw an article about that. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I got to see that person too when I went to this hackers conference. Uh, it, it's just, so it, it, over here we can read our Bible, pull it out, you know, read it like we want to. Over there, 
if you get caught with a Bible, you're dead. So they've done things like memorize the entire, the entire Bible. Uh, they write it down on paper, and they, they just do different things to, to keep the word. But with this little pill-sized Bible, uh, they can read the word at night. It's like a hologram. And people don't believe it unless they see it. And I saw it. It's really incredible. I got to see it. And it lights up. The word of God lights up in front of you in the, in the nighttime. I've never seen anything like it before. And uh, I had a friend of mine that was just, there's no way this technology exists. You would be making some millions of dollars. So you got this million dollars of technology. <laughs> but it exists. It's there. You know, uh, I got to see it. So it lights up the word of God. And then you do certain things to... Um, you know, and you do certain things to read different chapters, um, and it's the size of a, a pill. So, at the worst, if you get caught, you can either throw it somewhere or you can swallow it. You can swallow I think, it. I think right now you can swallow it, and it comes out in your waist. I, I believe it's safe right now. I know that they were trying to get it to that point. But that's the <laughs> idea. <laughs> Man, I tell you, look, if that's not proof that the Lord's working amidst persecution, I don't know what is. You know, only only he can can move some brilliant minds to come up with that. You know, well, the, well, the enemy has everything at his disposal. You know, and, and now the church is moving forward with the same idea. You know, yeah, our weapons are not carnal, but the Lord uses certain people. You know, there are different types of ministry. Like I was telling you earlier, some people are pastors, some people like you and I, we, we preach. Some people are missionaries, but there are also those who are in technology who can use the, right. the skills that they have for the spreading of the gospel and. Right now, um, up until now, it hasn't been used mostly uh, for that, you know. Um, but it's it's we're getting there, and, yeah. uh, and it's, it's pretty incredible once believers put their minds together, and then they do it. They do it for nothing for the yeah. sake of the gospel. You know, this isn't some big old tech uh, company right. doing these things. It's just people who are volunteering and laying down their life, you know, for the sake of the gospel, using the skills God given. It's, it's right. beautiful, a beautiful thing. It might have been back to Jerusalem where I saw that. And I, I want to say um, this certain article was asking churches to partner, like to, to help supply these pill Bibles. I'm, I'm going to look on the yeah, site. I think you're right. I've, I've seen that, yeah. Because they want to produce more. And, right. And I mean, that's a way churches can get involved too. Yeah. 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 In, in places like China and North Korea, um, they, they need this type of technology over there. Um, it's just, I don't know if you've seen lately what's happening. They're tearing down crosses in China. Right. So they have this government church kind of thing, but you can preach the gospel, but you have to preach our gospel. And they, I've heard they rewrote the Bible. Um, you have to teach what they tell you to teach. You can't meet in certain amounts of people. You can't spread it. It's just, if you want to be a believer, you, well, even there, I believe they're cracking down even on that governmental Christian church that they have. You know, right. the, true, the true believers, of course, were not going to be a part of that. Uh, right. At least, at least at least, without being aware of what they were a part of. Right. So they've, they've been reduced to having to meet. I say reduced. If I can say that, because it has, the gospel has spread so rapidly. Yeah. Even when they don't have church like we do, and they can't freely go to church like we do, the persecution there has really... Uh, been has has really had a negative effect in the minds of you know the world in that the gospel has spread so quickly over there's one of the yeah. fastest churches in the world and that's that's the that's the beautiful thing about the gospel i've, I've heard somebody say um that evil can only go so far and 
they said the bee always pollinates the flower that it steals from. So in other words, it's only a matter of time, it's only a matter of time before that evil and wickedness turns into good. And so yeah. as dark as persecution is, is it turned out to be a beautiful thing in those countries. Like you said, it looks like we're getting to that place in our country. Uh, there's part of me that is like, oh God, I don't know if you know we're ready for that. I don't know if our people, but there's another part of me that says, man, the gospel is really gonna. If if we do see that in our country, the gospel is really gonna spread, and lives are really gonna be changed uh, because of that. That's right. That's right. Amen. Um, and I just wanted to share with everyone my favorite aspect of of Ding Dash has been um, the the boost button. I love that man. <laughs> Cause like there was a day with Facebook that you would share something and it would, it would go to the first, you know, first right on top of the news feed. Yeah. I remember when I first started writing blogs, I wrote a blog about heaven and hell suicide and man, that thing got like 200 shares. And I was like, man, this is awesome. And then the next day they changed the algorithm. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, not many people were seeing the blogs anymore. And this must've been like three years ago, four years ago when blogs were really popular, you know? And, uh, I love that because because now it, it's genuinely an open source where people can boost things and it really goes up to your the first part of your news feed, you know, good or bad. You right. know, you don't have anyone controlling content because they feel they should do that, you know. So I, I wanted to reiterate that for those listening, that Ding Dash is, is an open source and it's no one's controlling. There's no guy or girl in the basement in some other state like saying, oh, yeah, no, this this can't go there let's go ahead and put that to the side so exactly and we need that today you know we need that place to be free right i've seen some ministries man that have thousands of users but then they'll post a video get like 10 likes yeah you know, several ministries like that yeah that's right because some of that content just isn't being pushed to their users and then if you wanted to have more notoriety then you have to pay us give you us have to pay yeah that's right so, Eric, what would you say um, to someone listening that sees the persecution in China, uh, sees the way the state of our nation is? What, what's, the, what's the word of encouragement that you can tell everyone today um, about what's happening in our world to our brothers and sisters and kind of like a call to action? Yes. So for the believer, you see the suffering and it breaks your heart. But there's this, this feeling of, wow, this is really happening now. And we know the end of the story. So it reminds us that we have a lot of work to do. Um, persecution is, is spreading not only in China and North Korea, but it's, it's happening across the world. This thing with the virus happened on a world scale. And so it had my attention because this wasn't just, this was, it transcended our politics, you know. Right. Uh, it was on a world scale, and I think things are starting to shift right now, and the stage is being set. But I really believe with all my heart that we are in the days where we're going to see that Antichrist rise. Um, not just because of what's happening with the virus, it just, we, I think we've reached a point where we're never going back to what it used to be like. Uh, it really feels like that. So with, with, with that happening and with all the persecution happening that we're seeing, Jesus warned us about these things that were coming, uh, and he told us, you know, he taught us not to fear he told his disciples something that's so important. He said, I tell you these things so that when they happen, and these things being, you're going to be thrown in prison, you're going to be persecuted, you're going to be tortured, all the different things that he told them. I tell you these things so that when they happen, you won't be offended. Hmm. That was powerful. He was praying for them. 
to prepare themselves to forgive because you're going to be tortured, you're going to go through pains and trouble. We haven't seen that in our country yet, but we, we, we do have, you know, when we preach the gospel here, you do get some kickback, but it's nothing like you see no. in Yeah. You know, um, and so with this freedom that we have in our country, I would just tell believers, you know, we have to wake up and we have to be active in the kingdom of God. The word says that he gives seed to the sower. That means I'm already sowing. That means I'm already throwing seed out. If you're sitting on your couch, he's not giving that seed to you, you know, right. sitting on your couch doing anything, doing nothing at all. What, what use are you? In other words, the gospel for us, we have to get out of the mindset that the gospel is all about us and my salvation and me getting to heaven. If that was the case, he would have taken us already. Right. The gospel is meant for us. He's placed his Holy Spirit in us. He's given us the gospel so that we can spread it to the whole world. And uh, if we're sitting in our armchair watching hours and hours of Netflix, what use are we to this kingdom? Uh, I think it was Ryan Hart Bunky that said, he said that God will pull you from the deepest, darkest pit that you've ever been in. He'll pull you from your darkest hour, and when you stretch your hands out, he'll pull you out. But he will not pull you off your armchair. <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, we have to be busy about the kingdom of God. And so as persecution increases, our faith should increase also. Not fear, we shouldn't let it worry us, but our faith should, our faith should also increase. Because in these dark places, um, as, the, as the pain is darkest as, as it can possibly be, as the, uh, the persecution is as hard as it could be, it is in those places where the light shines the brightest. And the world, the world has to see us suffer. Mm-hmm. And they have to see how we suffer. Jesus didn't suffer on the cross and endure what he did in our place so we don't have to suffer. He suffered that way to show us how to suffer. Uh, because the world needs to see who we really are when we're oppressed. You know, uh, you can be a Christian easily, go to church and, uh, you know, listen to Christian music and you know, do all the things that we were taught as, as young believers. But when you press, what comes out of you? Whenever you press and, and, and you're, uh, you know, you're, you're persecuted in some kind of way or you're suffering in some kind of way, what comes out of your mouth? How do you respond to those places? Right. In, those, in those places. And the world needs to see that there are believers who, even in those places of deep and dark despair, who are still full of joy, who are still full of love, because that is a that is a testament to the goodness of God that He places, that He gives us His joy and He gives us His peace, no matter what is happening around us. So the world, I say it again, the world needs to see us suffer. Uh, does that does that answer your question? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Well, look, man, we'll get, we'll get ended on that word. Would you mind praying for everyone? Sure, sure, absolutely. Lord, I thank you for my brother Chet and all the incredible things that you're doing uh, through him and his church, Lord, and, uh, and with this podcast. Lord, I pray a blessing over him and his wife, Nicole, and his beautiful kids, Lord. And God, everything that they put their hands to, Lord, I pray that it would succeed, Lord, that you would bless it all, Jesus, as he is um, uh, raising up a congregation, Lord, to be faithful warriors for you, Lord. I pray that you would give them the strength, him and his wife, that they need, Lord, to help them endure. And God, I pray for uh, believers also who are seeing this, who may be inspired by 
the moving of the kingdom of God and how it is pressing on. And Lord, I pray that it would light a flame inside of their hearts and uh, for them to have a desire, Lord God, to get their hands dirty in this in these last days, Lord, as we're as we're getting closer to your return, Lord, let, let your people be inspired to get up and move like in the days of Nehemiah, Lord, willing to work, willing to suffer and love not their own lives unto death, Lord, uh, because this, this precious gospel that you've given us, Lord, is worth everything. It's worth everything, Lord. Remind us of that concept in this country, God, that there is nothing more precious than the gospel. There's nothing more powerful than the gospel to change lives, Lord, to turn uh, entire worlds upside down, Lord God. You have been, you have, you have flipped kingdoms and nations upside down with this, with this powerful gospel. The gospel has flipped it upside down. Remind us of that power, Lord, in this country. And Jesus, help us to be who you've called us to be. In your precious name, I pray. Amen. 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 Man, it was good to be with you, Eric. I miss you, man. I miss you, bro. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. Yeah, man, for sure. Well, there you go. The greatest and newest social media platform that you can be in touch with persecuted brothers and sisters and also have a social media platform where you're not worried about someone censoring what you have to say. Uh, just last night, I saw Facebook take down a video of a f- quite a few doctors speaking on Capitol Hill. Many of you would know that video. Facebook took it down within a few hours, and YouTube took it down within a couple of hours. And that's really uh, not cool <laughs> because we live in a free society that has free speech. And so I- I'm just excited about Ding Dash. You know, I've been having the app on my phone now for probably like three or four days. And I've just been enjoying connecting with people on there. So go ahead, click the link for Ding Dash, sign up, start following people, start being encouraged, start praying. It's really a great way to connect. And if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, subscribe, uh, tap those five stars. And if you're an Apple user, leave us a review so that way more people can see this and be encouraged and know about it. And also, if you wouldn't mind, share this particular episode on your social media if you don't mind. I, I really feel Ding Dash um, is really the next social media outlet that uh, we need today. And I hope that it's an encouragement to you. I hope that it can be an encouragement to others. And the only way others are going to know about it is if we share it. So thank you so much for doing that. Hey, look. You're awesome to hang out with. I really enjoy doing this. Just be mindful of the Stay Connected link. Because of social media and the algorithms they have, it's hard for me to get this episode to you. And the only way I can get it to you directly is to your email inbox. So that Stay Connected link will sign you up for our email list so you can get this right away. But hey, look, enjoyed our time together. Be certain of my prayers for you. And I can't wait until next time.